got the sit, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthews in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Ah, we're certainly celebrating lives and this uh, football life that we're talking about today is one of the very special ones. An absolute gem of a player, a coach, media commentator and uh, we're found right around Australia on a Sunday morning. You say, well, let's guess who it is. 341 senior matches for Woodville and North Melbourne. 1978 Brownlow medalist and 1972 McGarry medalist. Twice All-Australian, Two-time VFL Premiership player in 75-77. Coleman medalist, Ken Farmer medalist. Uh, twice AFL Premiership coach with Adelaide, 97-98. Back-to-back, you probably got it now. Captain, both Victoria and South Australia among 14 representative games and an inaugural Australian Football Hall of Fame inductee. Malcolm Blight, this is your football life. <laughs> well... Hi, Rex. How are you? Well, I'm all right, but you have a bit of a chuckle. In those early days when you were a Port Adelaide supporter, did you ever think that I would be interviewing you with such a CV? Because that's a serious football CV. No, I mean, you, no you dream as a kid, Rex. I think you're like everyone that's ever played the game. You, you dream. And uh, I did follow Port Adelaide in the early days, but then uh, Woodville um, was my... I did four streets from Woodville Oval and they were introduced into the seconds competition along with Central Districts in Adelaide in, when I was a nine-year-old. So yeah. I, yeah, but, so that was my home club and they eventually got into the league and, uh, five years later. So uh, they so became my heroes. So as a nine-year-old, were you right into it? Uh, you are right into oh, the sandful? Yeah. And that's a, yeah. so, so who were some of your, your heroes back in Metropolitan Adelaide? Well, their names are probably um, a lot of people wouldn't remember, but Foss Williams. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, with Mark Williams' father, yeah. Yeah, player and coach. And I actually lived uh, behind uh, Rexy Johns, who was a famous full forward for Port Adelaide, a left footer. Um, and he was my hero. I had a picture of him on the wall. And uh, But their parents lived behind us at home. So um, that, that was uh, uh, yeah, just terrific following them. What about your early years, you know, from that nine-year-old fascination of these blokes and wanting to do something? What's your early recollection of junior footy and uh, perhaps your, your senior debut with Woodville? Um, I guess I just played locally, Rex. Played for the school a bit. I didn't always play for the school. Um, but uh, I had a lot of mates down the road at Oval called uh, Woodville South or Beverly Oval in those days. And, you know, I spent a lot of time there, both football and cricket. You know, I ended up playing... Uh, district cricket and league footy at the same time. Wow. So, uh, you know, I go from one to the other uh, and loved it all. Um, until, yeah, until I started playing league football. Noel Teasdale, uh, the great Noel Teasdale, yeah. Brownlow medalist and North Melbourne champion. Used, to play, first, used to play yeah, with a head guard. Yeah, my first coach, uh, yeah. Edward Phil, a senior coach. So he bought a thing called pre-season training in Rex, <laughs> 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 which, uh, which interrupted my cricket career a hell of a lot. But uh, I used to tell this story, it's, it, and it's true almost. <laughs> I was in the bank at the time, working in the bank, and uh, you used to have to pay a dollar subs to play district cricket. Can you imagine that now? No. <laughs> just before Kerry Packer and World Series cricket, for those yeah. that remember it. And I used to get $14 a game to play league football. I couldn't Goodness believe me. you got paid. Yeah. So 15 bucks, mate, that was a lot of beers on Saturday night difference. So... 
I could count. So I, I, I opted for football as, as being the main one. Yeah, and just like the VFL, the Waffle and the Sandful, uh, your local competition in Metropolitan Adelaide was a serious, uh, most of the time, sell-out uh, Metropolitan uh, event every week. It was a serious competition. Uh, it was, Rex, yeah. There was a lot of really good players. I think people ask me now, I think there was only four or five South Australians when I did eventually move to Victoria playing in the, in the VFL in those days. But I did a story just recently for an Adelaide paper. I think there was about 80 South Australians now on the list. Mm. So you can imagine what was left behind that didn't actually play in the VFL. It was a seriously good competition and took up a lot of space and on TV, radio, you know, papers. So... And, and quite frankly, Rex, growing up, we, we, we knew of the Melbourne competition and we knew of the state games, but we didn't know it intimately in Adelaide. We yeah. knew our teams. Tobin Brothers celebrate lives, folks, and this is Malcolm Blight at the very top of the AFL-VFL tree. And when the history of the game is written, Malcolm will take his rightful place. Let's now go to 1972. You have a breakout year at Woodville. You win the BNF, you win the McGarry medal. Uh, was that when uh, North had a bit of a look at you or or was it later on when Barras went to North and he just sort of thought we need these sort of guys? Yeah, no, it was actually, um, Rick, as you all know, we used to have a carnival in those days. The only way you could get an All-Australian jumper was every four years, the football around the world, around Australia, would stop and Tassie, Western Australia, South Australia would come and play in this carnival over a two-week period. It was, you know, it, it was fascinating. And the carnival in 1972 uh, was in Perth. And um, I, I guess I got a few kicks and, and made that All-Australian team, of which there are only two South Australians there then. So, yeah, I, I, people ask me about that. You've only got two or, I think, three qualified All-Australians. But I said, well, Lee Matthews only got the same. And Kevin Buck... <laughs> And Kevin Bartlett's got none, would you believe? Because you had to be lucky to be there on that fourth year. Yes. And and the, the funny thing about it was, from 1972 to 1979, where, you know, Kevin, Lee, probably myself even, some a lot of others, they were our prime years, there was no All-Australians given. There was yeah. no carnival. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you just, people just find that fascinating. They see these guys get six and seven. I said, well... You just couldn't get them. There was no such thing as an All-Australian. No, well, let's just chat about your move across the border to North Melbourne. It was a time when, uh, you know, Alan Aylett uh, and Ron Joseph were in charge there and they head-hunted Barassi and they got him uh, across uh, from Carlton. Uh, the 10-year rule was Barry Davis, Doug Wade, John Rantel and the likes of yourself and Mikhailchek and Burns and a few of those other guys came across, but they had some great uh, household names in Schimmelbush, uh, Brightus and Greg. So the, the nucleus was there. And uh, just tell us a bit, little bit about your early uh, association with the great Ron Barassi. Yeah, I'd actually met... Uh, they played exhibition games overseas. Carlton won the premiership in the VFL in 1972. And Orlando Wines actually had an all-stars team from one player from each of the other 11 clubs in Melbourne and five from South Australia, five from Western Australia, a lad from Tasmania. So... We played exhibition games over the sea, so Ron Barassi was on that trip. Now, during that year, I'd actually signed late in the year with North Melbourne. You know how you could have two Form 4s, two interstate players sign? And I'd actually signed with North Melbourne late in the year. And Brass took a fair interest. It was announced that he was going to coach North Melbourne that following season in 1973. Yeah. So, um, you know, playing some games overseas... 
getting to know him, having a few conversations with him, uh, uh, what happened from there was that um, he did coach North in 1973 and they missed the finals and uh, they became very anxious to, to get to move me across in 74, which I did. Yeah. And, uh, but also one of the great things was a bloke called Barry Cable came that year as well, Rex. Oh, exactly, yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, Cabe's now says that they, would, they, they couldn't make grand finals, body until we got there. <laughs> uh, 74, uh, you yeah. went under to Richmond and the back-to-back, but 75 was almost a lay-down Mazaire. It wasn't a matter of if you were going to win a premiership, it was when. Would that be a fair comment, Malcolm? Yeah, I think um, you're probably right, Rex. I mean, it became uh, pretty obvious that, you know, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Richmond was probably just starting to, you know, they had an unbelievable run. And it was probably Hawthorne, North Melbourne looked like the two emerging teams. And, and that's the way it turned out for the next five or six years, yes. I, I can still remember, and so do so many people looking in black and white. Uh, it might not have been black and white. It might have been something wrong with my eyes or the television. You, uh, arguably, your most famous mo- uh, moment, apart from the back-to-back premierships as coach of Adelaide, was that long bomb after the sil- uh, siren at Carlton at Princess Park. The good old-fashioned torpedo, and I can remember, I think, uh, in 77, when John Powers wrote that book about North, long bombs to snake, the old uh, uh, <laughs> brass put on the on the board. But... Sometimes you see some of the kids trying them today, but it was, you know, Doug Wade was probably the best, best uh, kick of a tor- torpedo punt I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I've used him many times. In fact, uh, I'm with the Suns at the Gold Coast Suns at the moment, Rex, have been for the last five or six years just yeah. trying to help a new club. And occasionally I'll get out and still have a kick. And it just showed a little technique that Doug showed me, although I could kick them before, you know, Doug came on the scene. I. He just gave me a little twirl, a little kicky twirl that helped him. And I, st- I still I still quote him now, so that's amazing all those years later. So 77, you drew with Collingwood and then you you, you, uh, you know won the replay. Uh, but a little bird tells me that Brass might have given you the message that if you didn't pull up your jockstrap, you might miss out on that day. Is that a true story or not? And if uh, it is, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. how did you react? Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was an interesting time. I mean, your, your memory fades a bit, but Brent Coswell, I think, uh, John Casson and myself were under the gun um, and you, you don't need to beat Einstein to know that <laughs> brass under the gun is not very pleasant when brass used to get a bit annoyed but yeah. you know, common sense all I'll say is common sense prevailed with a lot of people around the club including including Ron Barassi and because uh, our seconds hadn't played for a long time and uh, anyhow cut a long story short we um, you know got a, few, got a number of kicks in the, in the grand final replay and uh, you know sort of got the best players and Everyone was pretty happy after that. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all about... Uh, Malcolm Blight is our very special guest today for Tobin Brothers, celebrating the football life of this absolute champion on and off the field. Uh, 1978, I know it's all about, you know, reunions and premierships and that sort of thing. But just uh, with the McGarry earlier on and then the Brownlow, you must be very, very proud because it, they are both prestigious awards, although they're personal. It must be personally satisfying for you to have both those medals in your case at home. Yeah, look, it is. You're quite right. I mean, you, you know, you play for the flag and the, the, the euphoria of after winning one of those, as you well know, is, is one of the greatest feelings you have in your life. But having said all that, I, the only thing I can think of, the great Lee Matthews said once, I'd rather have won a Brownlow than not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you know, and I think it's a bit like that. You know, I was pretty lucky. I mean, Peter Knights was a great player, and you know, you got him by a vote. And you know, Gary Wilson, Kevin Barton was just behind there. Gee. Lee was just behind that. So and they were prodigious vote getters, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, whether you get three or two or two or one, I mean, there's a bit of luck in that. But 
you know, I, as I've always said, the player doesn't vote for themselves. And, um, you know, I, 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 I gleefully accept it, I can assure you. Uh, Malcolm Blight, my special guest on this Sunday morning around Australia, and it's great because I played uh, against Malcolm. I broadcast uh, every one of his uh, coached games at uh, Adelaide and also Geelong. And out of the break, uh, we move away from North Melbourne. We head back to Woodville as captain coach, and then we commence the off-field success of this wonderful, wonderful AFL personality. If you'd like to hear the extended versions of the interview with Malcolm and me, Rex Hunt, check out facebook.com. Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. And out of the break, we continue the AFL, VFL, Sandful footballing life of Malcolm Blight. Now, this is your football life thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yeah, that's me. In the fishing world, I'm not a minnow. I'm just a mullet or something like that. But this bloke is an absolute giant white shark in the world of Australian football. Malcolm Blight, what an absolute star. It's my pleasure on behalf of Tobin Brothers. We're celebrating the football life of Malcolm. Uh, just before we go to Woodville as captain coach, Malcolm, just tell us about your stint as captain coach uh, at North Melbourne. Uh, w- were you the last captain coach in the VFL? Yeah, I was actually. Um, the, the, <laughs> I remember having a debate with someone. Alex Jezelenko was uh, captain coach of St Kilda, but stopped playing at about yeah. round two or something. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and, and I, I got through to round sixteen before um, at the July. July, I hit the brick wall again in July. I've had a couple of bad Julys, Rex, with coaching. So. <laughs> uh, let's let's go back then. It would be impossible today because, you know, of all the assistants and the different jobs and that sort of thing. But I, I would take it, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, but you'd want to have a, a, a really good side because you've got to play yourself. Would that be a fair comment? Look, uh, yeah. Look, it, well, someone may do it. You know, out in the country, you still may be able to do it in lesser competitions. But at the professional level, I, 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 it was a long time ago, Rex, but, I, you know, we had a pretty good year. We had a lot of injury. You know, we weren't too far away. But anyhow, cut a long story short, I remember I kicked four goals eight. I finally went back to the forward line. You know, yeah. I, I tried to play every position and, and now whether I was good or bad. But this actually hit home to me. I kicked four goals eight against Richmond, actually, at the MCG. Yeah. That day, I played a couple of young kids in their first game. You know, we were just looking around. I played nine first gamers that year. You know, Brass hadn't played nine first gamers in his previous six or seven Never, years. Never, no. You know, and it was really just, you know, we we were on the way down. Do, we do, some, of those, up do some of those players, just interrupting, I'm sorry, do some of those players become household names? Andrew Demetrio was one of those. Was he really? He ended up playing 100 games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, to, name, to name one. But uh, anyhow, a couple of these kids, um, and I remember after the game, saying, you know, in their first game, you know, they wobbled with the ball. They didn't kick it very well, of course. They're nervous as hell. We know that. And I, was, I can remember just talking to them after the game saying, look, boys, I reckon we're just going to spend a bit more time on your kicking under pressure at training. And I could see these guys just looking straight through me. I've just kicked four goals, eight. You know, we've lost by four or five goals. And it was probably like kicking that cost us the game as much as anyone's, you know. And you're out there playing. And I thought, oh, I, I think the kids of the day are a bit different, you know. And I, I, Yeah, so, I, you know, after a while you realise it. You can make all the excuses you like, Rex. The scoreboard gets you in the end, and it did. So, you know, I moved. Woulda, coulda, 
uh, Gunner, yeah, all that sort yeah, of stuff, you that. know what I mean? And, and all yeah. that sort of stuff, just pick up the Herald Sun, you'll see who yeah. kicked the goal and who won the best in yeah. Paris. Uh, let's fast track, uh, you went home, you were successful as a captain coach in your last year as a 35-year-old, you kicked 126 large, very, very good. Uh, tell us about the uh, approach from Geelong and what your thir- thoughts were, number one with yourself and your family, to make the biggest move so far in your career down to what we used to call it affectionately as Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it, 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 well, first off, I, I finished at Woodville after five years, and, and the last couple, you know, we played in the finals, and, and the year before I finished, it was just an exciting. One of the most exciting years in football, coming from the bottom, to beat Port Adelaide and Norwood, the two powerhouses, and then just tip over against Glenelg, who went on to win the Premiership the following week against North Adelaide, was, was one of the great times in footy, you know, it was... Uh, it was my first stint as a playing, uh, non-playing coach as well. Uh, anyhow, I, I actually moved back to Melbourne uh, with the family with work. I'd taken up a national role in a transport company called SPD Transport, which was owned by Bramble. So I had my work cut out flying around the country and, and running a, a, a very, very sizable transport company. So I actually hadn't planned on doing anything, Rex, and Gary Fenton from Channel 7 rang me and said, would you like to do some special comments? Mm. Um with Channel 7, so I did, and apparently I did it okay. I can tell you that. <laughs> and at the end of the year, um, I was reading, I had an office in Maribyrnong, where it was where the yard was, and uh, I was reading this, uh, the Herald Sun, actually, and, uh, you know, John Devine had been finished up at Geelong. That was on the Monday, and on the Tuesday, I got a phone call from Ken Gannon, who was the CEO, general manager of Geelong. So Ken and uh, the great uh, Ron Hovey, who sadly passed away just recently, yeah. uh, came and saw me the next day on the Wednesday and said, was I interested? So that was the process. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I hadn't even thought about it. I thought my, um, you know, I, I quite enjoyed my year at Channel 7 and I, I enjoyed the role in, in running a, of quite a large company. So it, it came out of the blue. Uh, but after a couple of weeks of talking to them and um, meeting people like Ron um, like uh, Colin Carter, who was on yes, the board, yes. Rex Garrell, you know, great, yep. great people, and obviously uh, Ron Havey, as I mentioned, they just they just seem like really good people to the, me. The, so the, the common happened. denominator, even now, is the good people. You know, I just had yeah. a small medical procedure, and uh, the bunch of flowers came from the Geelong former players. I only spent two years there, but they never forgot me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let's touch on Gary Ablett Senior. Uh, I, you know, was uh, well known for Yablet. Yeah, it was one of the most exciting things, you know what I mean? That 89 yeah. grand final, just fantastic. A, a different cat, no doubt about it. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, he was, but uh, but he was a footballer, first and foremost. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was lots of stories about him. He didn't do this and didn't do that. Yeah, and as a coach, I mean, I found that coaching can be black and white, and if you're black and white, you end up nowhere. You know, coaching is a bit about grey. You know, occasionally you put a bit of black in and a bit of white, but most of it's grey. So I, I worked on the grey theory with uh, Gary and Bent a little bit. <laughs> Some, sometimes probably too far, sometimes not enough. But anyhow, that's what I did. And uh, I think the football world saw the best of him by me perhaps approaching it that way. Yeah. I, I respect a lot of people in football and uh, I respect that an opinion is neither right nor wrong. And some of the people I respect say that you can never play above yourself. You would subscribe to that. You play to your ability, and if it's okay. 89, 92, and 94, 
were you good enough at any stage of the... I know you got close in 89. Were you good enough at any of those years to say we were the best team and we just didn't get there? Mm. Well, history says probably not because those, you know, the Hawthorne side was just finishing off back-to-back and, yeah. you know, great era. And, and the Eagles sides, mate, oh, gee, when you look at their team, they just didn't have a lot of weaknesses, did they? No, no. Yeah, they didn't. But I thought 92 was our best chance. We yes. led them early, but we, we just couldn't sustain it. And there's a million reasons why you can make all the excuses. But in the end, in the end, they were two bloody good wrecks. Well, they were. But his, history will show the next yeah. stage of your career after having 1995 uh, off. Uh, how was the decision for you and Patsy and your family to go home and coach Adelaide. Tell us a little bit about how that came about, because you had a year off in 95. In fact, they had the 96 off 96 well, and 90, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, 95 and 96, I beg your pardon. In fact, yeah. we did a couple of games together, didn't we? Because we did. the boys went to the uh, Commonwealth, uh, sorry, Olympic Games. That's right, mate. And you and, uh, you, yeah. lifted, you lifted me over the line. I was very ordinary. <laughs> no. uh, so I was quite enjoying the life. You know, and I, honestly, this is true. I mean, you should never say never, but I, I thought, no. Nah, you know, I had my turn in coaching. Uh, you know, I had five years at my home club. I did the North Melbourne bit. I did six years at Geelong, three grand finals. Had a lot of fun. Enjoyed our time there immensely. Barford, you know, not winning one, but the time was great. So yeah. I, I'd actually, I'd, I'd put the, I'd put the pipe away. And uh, at the end of the season, um, uh, I got a phone call from a great mate of mine, Johnny Reed, who was, uh, who joined the Crows the year before. Uh, Bill Sanders, who who was the CEO of the Crows. More great football people. It seems yeah. to be a common denominator, Malcolm, in good yeah. football clubs, yeah. Well, well, Bill Sanders, ironically, was my team manager at Woodville, and I watched oh. him play. I watched him play, and I ended up in the bank with him. Yeah. Bill's a bit older than me, but obviously a, yeah, a few years older. But so, And then Bob Hammond, the great man from uh, South Australian football. And so they were just you know three people that you'd known and respected and uh, you know I'd worked with John at Woodville he was my assistant coach I'd, I'd known Bill all my life virtually and uh, Bob I'd known from the days he played watching him play to coaching and uh, obviously being administrator so yeah. they were three pretty important people and after a while I'd talking to them I, I guess John knew me the you know because I've worked with him pretty closely recently and. he always thought I had some unfinished business isn't that funny that yeah. he made that observation about. You know, I did have a passion to coach. I did have a passion to, to pass it on and hopefully try and teach some kids how to play footy. Well, yeah, and back to back and history will show that it yeah. was just an amazing situation because uh, Stan Elves, uh, your and my dear friend, uh, yeah. uh, coached St Kilda and they were well on the way. But uh, your blokes never, uh, never, ever said die. And uh, Darren Jarman was just amazing uh, in finishing off what was a magnificent uh, start out of the centre, led by McLeod. It must have great memories for you. Yeah, it does. And you know? I mean, those, the, the irony of all that again, Rex, is that we only won 13 games in both those years. Yeah. You know, and it, just but, our but, September but, was out of the ordinary. But uh, you won the ones that matter, Malcolm. Yeah, that's right. It's a simple... Yeah. Yeah, and I must say that, I mean, it is, um, you know, it's great to reflect. I didn't have a long time in Adelaide, just the three years. But, I, you know, I, I used to go fairly hard, Rex. I think I couldn't put down a loss. You know, you'd have to analyse it and overdo it, probably. Yeah. So I, I burn out a little bit quicker than most. 
But you're still going live and strong up there on the Gold Coast on the south coast of Queensland with uh, Rodney Rocket Ede, who you played against uh, in those golden eras. And we do wish you well because you've got a great group of young people out there and uh, they may make their mark in the next two or three years as a great side. So really appreciate your time today, Malcolm. Good on you, Rex. Lovely talking to you. Lovely to talk to Malcolm Blight, a true legend of the game. And if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com, Tobin Brothers Funerals. Uh, this has been This Is Your Life with Malcolm Blight, and it's just been an absolute pleasure to interview Malcolm. Thanks to Tobin Brothers, celebrating lives.